0: This is the John Oakley show podcast thinking, well, but Diane Francis was writing in the financial post that this would be an unmitigated disaster. She says the green and NDP platforms are insultingly reckless. These parties do not deserve to govern a household budget or a pop stand. Uh, and then it gets worse. But that all being said, the takeaway from all of that is that uh, leaders should be forced to take a course on markets, business, and free enterprise. It behooves me to bring Diane in here to explain exactly what she's on about. Diane, always a pleasure. Good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. How are you?
0: Very good. Very good. And I read good. your piece uh, with amusement and interest and uh, even a little horrified, come to think of it. Uh yeah. But it is a, a good case that you make. You say the uh, cycle demands a new electoral law. People who run for public office should sit for an economic IQ test whose results will be published. They should be forced to take a course on markets, business, and free enterprise. Too little of that going on with our political leadership. There's, a like, a, I guess a leadership deficit of sorts.
1: Yeah, there sure is. Uh, I've been inundated with with comments about this column. Um and and you know people are making some kind of interesting other uh, uh, points uh, concerning this, and that's that is to say that you know maybe the voters should also pass an IQ test as well <laughs> when it comes to matters economic. Uh, you know we can't just be voting for people that are going to hand out money irrespective of you know making sure that it's coming in in terms of taxes and economic activity, and you know I just I just dread to think what will happen. If if the NDP uh, forms a coalition with the Liberals, I, th- I think it's a I think it's a disaster for Canada, frankly.
0: Yeah, well, we were uh, citing a piece in the Post last week. I guess Brian Jean, the opposition leader in Alberta for a while, he was saying he that was his word. Uh, any coalition with the Liberals and the NDP or Green would be disastrous, uh, and this is fundamentally for economic reasons, is it not?
1: for economic reasons, uh, you know I think that Canadians are pretty well served by their their governments, all levels of government. I mean we have a pretty good health care system, a pretty good education system, and you know you you get the system you can afford and remember that you know at not that high an income level you know we're we're all we're we're paying more than fifty percent of what we make in taxes. And so that's a psychological that the liberals took us across. That's the Rubicon to a lot of people. And I know a lot of people that have actually left Canada as a result of that, and many others that are just very, very cranky about the whole thing. So, you know, there's a limit to how much you can tax people. There's a a minimum amount of services that I think we already have, and you can only add to it if you can afford it. And you can't afford it if you add taxes to already exorbitant taxation rates. And, you know, never mind the fact that, you know, most of us are stuck with taxes because we're we're, we're living in Canada. But, you know, when you're trying to attract foreign investment, when you're trying to keep companies from – not diversifying in the U.S. or other countries as opposed to diversifying in Canada, you've got a problem with this tax system. The taxes are far too high in Canada.
0: What do you make of uh, Singh's proposal of a wealth tax, 1% on those with more than $20 million in assets?
1: You know, I mean, I don't think there's that many people with 20 million or more in assets. I want to know how he counts it. Does that include your principal residence or your cottage? Mm. Does that include the company or the farm that you own with your family? I mean, you know, these are silly, silly uh, socialist tropes that he's throwing out uh, all over the place. The dental care one just is is crazy. It's absolutely insane, and uh, so is their their pharma- pharmacy drug program and never mind the fact that you know they like the greens would would throw millions of Canadians out of high paying jobs and and shrink the economy. So how they're going to pay for all these goodies is beyond me, but they don't care because they're very, they're economic ignoramuses.
0: Well, yeah, and their dental plan, this is the NDP's, It's not yet been costed, if I understand correctly. (laughs) They were saying what, uh, anybody uh, up to $70,000 would have free dental care, and the argument being that uh, the dental care would pay for itself by alleviating further health concerns down the road because people with good teeth wouldn't, you know, have these issues. Does any of that make sense, or is that more... No, that's,
1: that's just foolishness. We all know that's silly. Uh, the the point is, though, that you look at the green platform, and he's, he's right, right there with them, the NDPers. And, you know, she's talking about a pharmacare program that by 2030, when she's thrown everybody out of the oil business, by the way, uh, but by 2030 is going to cost, I think, $31 billion a year. That's bigger than the defense budget. And then on top of that, she's going to let anybody go post-secondary education, anywhere in the world to study anything for nothing, and that's another $16 billion. I mean, where does this money come from? What are these people smoking?
0: Well, again, you know, to something you alluded to right off the top, when some folks have uh, gotten back to you saying maybe the voter ought to have some kind of an IQ test, economic IQ test. Why are people biting on these things? Is it just free stuff? Socialism means we get free stuff. Well,
1: I think I think that's that's part of it. Uh, I think the other thing is that uh, people really don't study all of these things in the detail that you or I do. So they hear, they hear a story, they watch a debate, the person looks like a bully. you say, okay, that's fine. They talk to a couple of friends, they say, well, I'm voting ADP, and they say, oh, well, what the heck, if they are, I am, and the guy looks nice. You know, I mean, this is maybe the extent of their due diligence, which is another problem. And so, you know, one of the things that, that is, is really important for us to remember is that this is not over yet. And I think, we may get, I think we may get a surprise next Monday, because I think there's enough, enough people that are so terrified that, and I think Canadians intrinsically understand you cannot shut down the auto industry and the oil and gas industry and the mining industry and have a country that is above the subsistence level of Venezuela left. You just can't. So I'm hoping that enough people, who were maybe thinking of not voting because it was hopeless, or they're Tories and they're thinking, ah, what the heck, it never makes any difference, will get going and vote, and enough other people will say, wait a minute, it will go too far. And, you know, never mind the other thing, too, John. You know, Trudeau is a a dreadfully unpopular leader. I mean, people I don't think quite get this. You know, and and it's very typical of charismatic, young, sunny people that get swept into office, and then, you know, people get disillusioned. And, of course, he never lived up to, to, the, to the advertising, shall we say. Mm. And so, you know, I, I, everybody I talked to, they just had this, oh, my God, I can't stand him kind of attitude, <laughs> which also explains why the bloc is going up in Quebec and why the NDP, because it's, you know, just another form of liberal party, is going up.
0: Well, we must beware the low information voter. Diane Francis, writer with the Financial Post, her piece is uh, a poignant one, a poignant reminder of really what's at stake here. I want to ask you, Diane, uh, which party would better deal with a recession? The lead editorial in Saturday's Globe. We need to talk about the next recession. It seems like many economists believe it's inevitable, uh, maybe even sooner rather than later. And when that comes, the wallop, uh, because we haven't really put too much aside during these flush times. So uh, who's best deal, best uh, position to deal with that inevitability?
1: Well, there's only one party that I believe can economically manage our affairs the best, and that's the Conservative Party, because it's people that do understand economics and business and free enterprise. I would submit to you that the NDP, the Greens, and the Liberals will create a recession, not manage one. They will make whatever downturn we have, and we're going to have a downturn, not just a recession, a depression how can you shut down the oil and gas industry, the mining industry, and the auto? I mean, Singh has talked about you know we can't be burning fossil fuels in this country. Well, there go the there, there go cars. I mean, it's just I just don't know what parallel universe these people are are in. They're in a bubble, and. And I I really believe that Canadians are pragmatic, commonsensical, and they don't like the drama of all of this. They really don't like the drama, and I think they want to get down to business. And all the bad-mouthing of Stephen Harper, I think, actually is helpful to the sheer cause, because, you know what, he wasn't that bad a prime minister.
0: Well, and some people do lament that he's not there now, but uh, nonetheless, you know, when you've got seven conservative premiers uh, across the country, Who would be better positioned to deal with them? Because, I mean, Justin Trudeau uh, was talking in Fredericton this morning saying one of his regrets is that the country's so divisive or divided, uh, and he feels he's a uniter rather than a divider. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure he has any sense of introspection there or self-analysis, but uh, the West is uh, clamoring for separation, potentially. Uh, Is there something or someone that would better uh, keep the fold together because of their policies and a general nationalistic outlook?
1: There's seven Tory provinces for a reason, because the country is, you know, there's a backlash... You no, know, these things are like pendulums, John. You know how it goes. We've been covering this for so long. You get a new guy in. He's a little left of center. He goes; He's too far left, and they swing back to the right. And that's the way it goes. And I think it's time now, Canadians, a lot of Canadians are thinking it's time now to go back to this center, maybe a little right of center. And that's, that's the Tory party. And, of course, if you have a progressive conservative uh, a prime minister and you have seven out of 10 provinces that are progressive conservative, I think you have, you know, you have unity.
0: By the way, how real is Western alienation or separation?
1: It's scary. It's scary real. It's scary real. And you know what? It's viable when it's viable. Whereas Quebec separatism was never viable economically speaking. This is very viable. And people are really annoyed. I mean, and they're feeling pain. You say, well, they had it so good for so long. Well, who didn't? So the point is, though, that this is the engine, the principal engine of economic growth in Canada is the oil sands and the oil deposits and gas deposits of Alberta and Saskatchewan to a lesser extent. Period. End of paragraph. That is it. And they've been... been you know, misrepresented, treated like they're a bunch of rednecks and hicks, and 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 now neglected greatly. And so I think this is these have, this has all the elements. And you get you get an NDP Liberal government in there that cancels the only pipeline that looks like it could happen, the TMX pipeline, and then you've got you've got a you've got a, you've got a national crisis and a constitutional crisis, no question.
0: Ominous notes, uh, but as I said, very poignant and must read. Diane Francis, leader, should be forced to take a course on markets, business, and free enterprise. It's in today's Financial Post. Really a pleasure. I appreciate your time, Diane.
1: Thanks a lot, John. Anytime.
0: You have a good afternoon.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.